Our first scripture this morning comes from Jeremiah 31, verses 15 through 17. Hear now the word of the Lord. This is what the Lord says. A voice is heard in Ramah, mourning in great weeping, Rachel weeping for her children and refusing to be comforted because her children are no more. This is what the Lord says. Restrain your voice from weeping and your eyes from tears, for your work will be rewarded, declares the Lord. They will return from the land of the enemy. So there is hope for your future, declares the Lord. Your children will return to their own land. Our second scripture reading this morning comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 2, verses 13 through 18. Hear now the word of the Lord. When they had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said, take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. So he got up took the child and his mother during the night and left for Egypt, where he stayed until the death of Herod. And so was fulfilled what the Lord had said through the prophet, Out of Egypt I called my son. When Herod realized that he'd been outwitted by the Magi, he was furious, and he gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem and its vicinity who were two years old and under, in accordance with the time he had learned from the Magi. Then what was said through the prophet Jeremiah was fulfilled. A voice is heard in Ramah, weeping in great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children and refusing to be comforted because they are no more. This is the word of God for the people of God. God. Will you pray with me one more time this morning? Lord, I pray that you would open our ears to the things that you are telling us through your Holy Scripture. And Lord, that you would use this time to draw each of us closer to you, to help us grow in love, and to show us that you can bring joy even when such a thing seems impossible. And Lord, for myself, I pray that my words would do nothing but bring you glory, because unless they're doing that, God, they are worth nothing. Lord, let your spirit move in this place. Use this time of worship to bring us back to you once again. In Jesus' holy name, amen. So during these weeks leading up to Christmas, we're talking about a simple fact. It's one that we acknowledge every time we come to an Advent candle lighting or reading And that's the truth, that the story of Christmas doesn't just start at the beginning of the Gospels. It doesn't just start where the Gospel writers began their retellings, but rather it starts all the way back in Genesis. It starts even before Moses brought the Israelites out of Egypt. It starts all the way back at the very creation of the world, the foundations that God has laid for each and everything. The story of Christmas starts so long before we are used to thinking about it. And so during these weeks leading up to Christmas Eve, we're following that long road one step at a time to the good news of Christmas Eve. 
What we find in this morning's scripture, what the Gospel of Matthew tells us is not the part of the Christmas story that we like to think about. We've heard this story so many times, whether from our parents or from Christmas Eve services at church or even from the Peanuts Christmas special that they show every year. We've heard the story of the birth of Jesus. And yet this part we tend to not linger on. We don't think about this part of the story because it's not a particularly happy moment. In truth, it's kind of a terrible moment, an atrocity of sorts. And that's because in this case, to the king Herod, who was the ruler of Judea at the time under Caesar, the announcement that a savior was going to be born was not good news. After all, the birth of a savior means that the people are going to be saved from someone. And Herod saw himself as being that someone. And so what he did was he called in some advisors, some wise men from the east, magi as they're called. These are men who were practitioners of a foreign religion, who studied the stars to try and predict the future. We might think of them as astrologers, astrologists. They watched the skies so that they could see what was coming. And so when Herod called them in and said, I need you to figure out what's happening with this prophecy of a savior that's supposed to be born to be king of the Jews. Well, I'm king of the Jews, so I need you to handle this. Tell me where I need to go to make this all go away. And so he sent the Magi out to find Jesus. And so they were led by a star to find him. But when they got there, they didn't come as people who were seeking to do the will of Herod. They came with gifts and offerings to the newborn king. Well, that did not sit particularly well with King Herod. And so he decided, you know what? If the Magi aren't going to do this for me, if they're not going to tell me where this child is, then I'll just kill all of them. After all, I cannot have a Savior rising up against me. And so he did. He issued the decree. But shortly after the Magi left... Unbeknownst to Herod, an angel of the Lord came to Joseph and warned him of what was to come. So quickly, after the joy of new life, so quickly after the baby Jesus had been born and good news had proven uh, uh, to come into being, so soon after the angel had announced to the shepherds, Peace on earth and goodwill to men. Joseph took Mary and baby Jesus and had to go on the run. Because the joy of Christmas to King Herod was not good news. And so they fled. 
They ran to Egypt until Herod himself died and the trouble had passed. It was a terrible time. This is an absolute atrocity that's recorded in the Gospel of Matthew. And yet it's part of the Christmas story just as much as anything else. And what it can remind us of is that though the world tells us at every moment that the opposite is true, the good news is that God can and does work in the midst of suffering. I mean, think about the Christmas story as a whole, not just here, but even in the parts that we talk about every single year. Mary, through fear and loneliness, gave birth to Jesus. In the coolness and the harsh conditions of a manger, of a stable, Mary gave birth to the Savior of the world. And into hostility, that Savior was born. Christ came not to a world that celebrated his birth, but to one in which a king was already seeking his death. And then all of those years later, on the cross, through pain and death, Christ saved us. The fact that joy came through this suffering doesn't make the suffering any less. When we think about God working through difficult times, we often will sort of play down the pain. We'll play down the suffering part of the story like it's just, it's no worse than working out or eating vegetables. Like this is something that might be unpleasant at the time, but is good in the long run. We have these cute little sayings, things like, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. But that doesn't really help during the worst times in your life, during the times of true pain and grief. There are times, as we all know all too well, when everything seems to go wrong. For me, this was something that was clear in 2014 and 2015. These were years when a lot of good things were happening. I graduated from college and started my first ever ministry job, which I loved. I got married, and then I started seminary, pursuing the future that I had looked forward to for so long. These were good things that happened during these years. But when I think back to 2014 and 15, the things that stand out the most, in all honesty, are the sad moments that they brought. Because in 2014, right after I'd started that job that I loved, I lost my grandfather. And then just over a year later, I lost my best friend. There are times where everything seems to go wrong. And there are times when the bad stuff doesn't become good. There are even times where the bad moments don't make you stronger. There are things, as each of us knows, that will change your life forever. C.S. Lewis said it well 
when he said that some pain is like losing a leg, the best that you can learn to do is walk in spite of it. But hear this, the good news of the gospel is not that every bad thing will yield a good result. The good news of the gospel is that no matter how bad things get, no matter how much damage is done, there is still good news that Jesus still saves and that we can still trust in him. After all, nothing can keep Christ from us. If there's one message that you hear from this story of Herod, let it be this, that nothing can keep Christ from us. When you read the Gospels, what you see is that the good news is really the least likely outcome. From the very beginning, the king of the land tried to stop it. Custom tried to cast out Mary and stop the good news from coming. All throughout Jesus' life, the Pharisees and the religious leaders tried to stop him from spreading the good news. When Pontius Pilate brought Jesus before the crowd and they called for his death, they were trying to stop it. And as he hung on the cross, pain and death themselves tried to stop the gospel. And yet Christ still came. He was still born that Christmas Eve. And he was still raised on that Easter morning. And the gospel is still good news. Friends, there are so many things that will try and keep you from Jesus. There are so many things that will try and make you think that you don't need him. Or worse, that you're so far gone that he can't do anything for you anymore. And there are so many things that, like Herod, will hear the good news and try to stop the joy that it brings. Mary and Joseph had to leave their homeland and go to Egypt to protect their joy to protect the good news that was the baby Jesus. Friends, what are you running from? What is it that's coming for your joy? That's trying to keep you from hearing the good news of Jesus. From having that celebration of Christmas in your life. Whatever it is, hear this. Message. It's the same message that the prophets gave so many times that was proclaimed by an angel to the shepherds and that was shown by Jesus through his birth and life and death and resurrection. So that no matter what is coming and no matter what tries to stop you from hearing the good news, know that God is stronger than any of it. And that nothing can stop the good news of Jesus. In that, take peace and remember 
that the joy that was born on Christmas morning is good news now, no matter what. And it will continue to be good news forevermore. Thanks be to God. Amen.